HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This is a message from Canal House Cooking. Canal House Cooking presents the first annual Small Holding Festival with the Kitchen Potager at Linden Hill Gardens and Schwartz Brand Studio, honoring the One Block Feast by Margot True and her co-authors from Sunset Magazine. Pull together your locavore spirit, your DIY sensibilities, and a carload of friends and family, and join us for the first annual Small Holding Festival, Saturday, July 9th, 2011, from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Linden Hill Gardens in beautiful Bucks County, Pennsylvania. A small holding offers its owners the pleasure of backyard self-sufficiency through the raising of animals and the growing of fruits and vegetables. The Small Holding Festival will be a day of learning devoted to becoming self-sufficient in your own backyard, garden, and kitchen. Visit our website to buy discounted tickets at www.thesmallholdingfestival.com. Boys, I'm mellow as a honeydew. Yeah, that cat is high, look that look in his eye, oh man he's high, yes higher than a kite, that cat is high, look that look in his eye, man I wouldn't lie, Welcome back to The Speakeasy, I'm your host Damon Bolte. Today in the studio we have a good buddy of mine, Roman Gee, from Combier Spirits. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Damon. Hello, Damon. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing terrific. Thank you. <laughs> That's great to hear. <laughs> um, so, we met a couple of years ago. You tasted me on some spirits, uh, the uh, Combier Spirit, the line of Combier Spirits, and uh, there were there were a few different uh, products profiles in that line. Can you tell us a little bit about, uh, just to get started, tell us about Combier as a, as a company. Sure. So, um, as, as you know, uh, as I told you, Combier is, um, is the first ever triple sec in the world. It's dated uh, 1834. It's from Saumur, Loire-Vallée, in, uh, in France, um, which is around like 200 miles south from Paris. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, it's very famous for like, as a garden of France, you get like, a, it's very green, it's a... Uh, it's very boring as well and quiet, but it's great to um, to have like um, to have this kind of uh, activities, uh, distilling, food, wine, these kind of things. So um, the orange liqueur Combier is um, is the first ever triple sec in the world, 1834. Um, it's basically the ancestor of Cointreau from 40 years. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So for the story of, uh, of, of the product itself, you have to know that um, Jean-Baptiste Combier, the creator of the company, was a candy maker. Uh, back back on back uh, back to this time, um, he, he was doing ch he was making chocolates. Um, oh, cool! And, yeah, <laughs> pretty awesome. And back 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 uh, back in the day, it's um, the orange flavor is is kind of rare. It's uh, it's not like right now you can get like anything you want. And you many different varietals of oranges Absolutely, as well. Yeah. yeah. Back to this time, it's like candy itself, the fruit. So um, yeah. we got a, we know where to get them. It's uh, it's in a French colony, which is in Haiti. Mm -hmm. um, we got a maritime road, so you you, you can basically get uh, oranges. So what it, what he decides to do, he decides to um, to create a liqueur uh, out of these oranges, out of the peels from oranges, to infuse his chocolates. So he actually does that, and uh, it happens that uh, that's how that's how the whole company started because yeah. he was just, he wanted to infuse the chocolates Absolutely, with uh, yeah. orange liqueur. That's cool. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty cool. And actually, the the liqueur became more uh, more popular than the, than the chocolate itself. So he decided to bottle it. Uh, 1834, you get the first bottle of uh, of triple sec out of uh, the distillery. So. Uh, Again, um, at this time, we don't know cocktails, we don't know uh, mixing. It's we're way before prohibition. We're way before like uh, Jerry Thomas or any other uh, of these uh, great guy. Um, this is this is a digestive, so it's an after dinner drink. It's a before dinner drink. It's a pretty much anything you cook with it. Um, you drink it neat. So um, and it's. It's a blast when it's when it comes when it comes up in uh, in France. It's a blast. Combier is huge. Becomes huge in uh, in the 18th century, 19th century. Combier is, is huge. You have to know that now. Combier is a very small company. Yeah. Um, I, maybe I'll come back. I'll come back later on the process or. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And the other product you you mentioned you mentioned sorry is um is Royal Combier, which is a much more complex products and uh, the original combier it's uh, basically the base is the, the orange liquor combier mm -hmm. we add the lamen cognac which is a small cognac uh, very small house in uh, in france and uh, we had an elixir from the 15th century um composed by like between 20 between 15 and 20 different herbs and spices it's very close to like a chartreuse elixir right i was gonna say i was gonna yeah. say it's got it the royal combier has this like so like classically like French, you know, like anyone that's ever tasted like Benedictine or Chartreuse, you know, it's like it has that that herbal thing to it, you know, that that, that kind of almost like a a sharp like a, a sharp herbal bitterness to it. That's, oh, definitely. That's like, so like so attractive, you know, and it works so well in cocktails because of it. No, definitely. The thing is, um, so in the 15th century, they. Um, Alcohol and distillation is used for medicine as well. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah. you, you 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 use it to put in the bed. You use it to to put, uh, to put it on your body as a medicine. I don't know if it's really uh, could it could people it? don't really do that too much these yeah. days. Well, no. at least not like could be good, no? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. It could heal some uh, some disease. Um, and um, and so we we have these recipes. We have this this uh, this thing. So there is a story saying that Jean-Baptiste Combier uh, was arrested um, end of 18th century because it was the Second Empire in France, uh, mm -hmm. which is very close to a dictator, dictator actually. Um, mm -hmm. So um, and he said bad words about the emperor. So uh, <laughs> he got locked out, uh, and he meets this guy. Uh, his name is uh, François Raspail, um, who is a chemist, 
uh, he created a lot of uh, medicine stuff. Uh, I don't really remember actually. The only thing I remember is about this elixir he created. He's very famous for that. It's on Wikipedia and, uh, and stuff. So you can, uh, Francois Raspail, you can totally uh, make some uh, research. Um, and they they decided to uh, to to make liquor out of their two uh, out of their two uh, products. I don't think Jean-Baptiste Combier ever seen this uh, this liquor because it's dated 1910, the Royal Combier, and he's dead for now. Right. So well, his son may have. Uh, that's interesting. You were saying, you know, like, didn't that ha- that what happened to him happened to a lot of spirits producers at the end of the nineteenth century, right? I mean, like, weren't the, I mean, also the Chartreuse monks were in exile. They were exiled at the end of the nineteenth century. They went to Tarragon, Spain, and then eventually came back. But it was the the French like dictatorship of like, they basically wanted to own. Oh yeah, everything right. It's it's a bad uh, it's bad day for uh, for France. It's for, um, for French history. Yeah, <laughs> French history. It's Victor Hugo uh, used to say. Um, um, what is uh, in France? In French, he used to say uh, le second empire. So, which means uh, basically uh, the second empire, <laughs> but which means as well it's it's a word game, which means uh, the second worst. <laughs> because you get the first and the second is worst. So, but it's it's so yeah. It was bad time for uh, intellectual. It was bad time for any for freedom, basically. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but it's good as well. It's, uh, I think it 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 brings uh, creativity and uh, and uh, and yeah. fight. I don't know. You have to have. Uh, you have to know uh, something that's bad before you can really appreciate right. the good. You know. And maybe uh, it gives. Uh, it gives. Uh, it gave. Uh, or fighting freedom, or fighting spirit in France to like fight for social uh, things and stuff. You know, it's, we're famous for that as well. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, enjoying something good, why don't we taste a little bit right now? Definitely. <laughs> you don't have anywhere to be, do you? <laughs> so this is the the original Cumbier. Yeah, absolutely. This one. Uh, it's funny because like everyone thinks of you know Cointreau as being like the the original triple sec but it's it's not true it's this one and it's mixing with this one since it's it's so much brighter it's like more lively and bright than than Cointreau is you know and so when you mix it in a cocktail so it really just makes those flavors makes the other flavors anything you're mixing with it makes them just pop you know absolutely that i yeah, don't get me wrong. Cointreau is a great product. Um, this is a mass production product for now, and um, and it's still a great product for this uh, the amount of uh, volume they do. Uh, it's it's great. The thing is, they've been uh, they've been a, cut, a category by themselves in the U.S. for like years, decades, mm-hmm. maybe a century almost. So um, we don't want to be Cointreau. We don't want right. to be. Uh, we want to be the the bartender house triple sec. The bartender triple sec. It's what we want to be. Right. Quantro is in every bar behind every bar in the world. We want to be your triple sec guys, and uh, we don't want to be behind the bar. We want to be in the well. Well, it's 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 really great that uh, obviously it's it's the timing is right for for spirits like this to to find their place behind quality bars. You know, like you were just saying, you want to be the bartenders triple sec. You know, uh, and. It's true. It's like now we've we've got so many great bars out there existing right now in the last ten years, but especially the last five years. But there's so many popping up every day, and you know, being able to 
spread the gospel, you know, of of smaller brands and and better, like more robust history and, and you know, and, and well, also robust flavor. Um, it's it's like the timing's right for that, and people people want that, you know, and it's it's really it's amazing when you when you start looking at cocktail recipes it's with things like vermouth, you know, using different vermouths, even splitting vermouths, same thing with like, you know, different liqueurs. I mean, it depends on the time of year. Like you, if your lemon juice is going to be, it's going to taste different, you know, depending on where you're getting your lemons from, because obviously you can't like get them from the same place you're around, but there's so many variables in cocktails and it makes so much sense to have things that you can they have different like liqueurs that you can try and like find out which one is the best because you know there are a lot of people out there that still think and unfortunately a lot of bartenders out there that still think that like triple sec is triple sec you know no yeah absolutely it's um so as i said yeah Quantro is a great product again i wish i wish it was behind in the well in every bar in the world uh first of all it could make my job easier <laughs> to put combia instead no but just no joke it's uh it, it would uh, it would mean we are all like very quality drinkers and uh <laughs> you know yeah the triple sec has been bastardized for like yeah. years and years it's it comes in like maybe what 50 percent one on two cocktails classic i mm-hmm. would say like um not boozy but i, I would say one on, on two classic absolutely number one cocktail margarita in the world triple sec is in it yeah Sidecar, yeah. which is a very, very uh, volume cocktail in New York. Any kind of like daisy yeah. variation. Exactly. Like, you know, it's, it's totally. I mean, and, and even, you know, with things like you make a, a stir drink, like a seal bock, you know, and yeah, yeah. using uh, Cambien, you know, it, it, it just, yeah, I mean, it's such a, has such a huge presence in classic cocktails. And it's one of those things that, unfortunately gets overlooked so much yeah that's maybe why people said like okay we got a volume on this uh, some big bars huge bars go through like a hundred cases of um, triple second months meaning like a uh, hundred liters so yeah. they're basically like split the liquid like yeah. on the floor they wash the floor with it yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's a huge budget yeah. we, we all get that but it's at the same time so yeah as you said it's the, the trend is coming and stuff but still, we can see, like, in the city, especially in New York, uh, and in other, like, big cities in the U.S., you still have these bars um, pouring, like, triple sec. And I'm not talking even about Patron or uh, Luxardo or, mm-hmm. like, triple sec, five bucks or um, a liter. Yeah, yeah. With, called, with just triple sec on the label. Like, just a white label that says yeah. triple sec in black. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And still charging 13 bucks for yeah. a cocktail. So, yeah. it's, um, yeah, you, so it's, it's just a... It's yeah. too bad. It's too bad. <laughs> well, when we uh, when we get back from, we're going to take a uh, quick break here. Uh, when we get back, we're going to uh, speak more about Combier with our buddy Roman, uh, and uh, let's uh, let's get into uh, the uh, the royal <laughs> the royal Combier. Thank you, Damon. All right, back in a sec. Thank you. 
think you could tell Heaven from hell Blue skies from pain Can you tell a green field From a cold steel rail A smile from a veil This is a public service announcement from Heritage Radio Network. Tune in to the main course Sundays at 12 p.m. with hosts Patrick Martins and Katie Kiefer. They examine issues from the interconnected worlds of agriculture, cuisine, and sustainability. They sit down with key players in the chain from producer to consumer, farmers, distributors, chefs, activists, and journalists. The main course explores every important component of the eating experience, how the farmers raise their product, the distribution channels that move the product, how the chefs prepare it, and how ethics and policy affect everyone involved. Again, that's the main course, Sundays at noon, on the Heritage Radio Network. Together about this radio stuff. All right. We're back. We're hanging out in the studio with Roman Gill. I'm not saying that right, am I? <laughs> it's okay for no, it's good. Roman Guille, Roman, if you want a French Roman Guille <laughs> <laughs> from uh, Combier Spirits, and we just uh, we're talking before the break about uh, the market of uh, triple sex and the uh, the origins of the uh, the style, the the spirit style, and how Combier is the actual. It's actually the original. Uh, we claim to be, yeah. Claim to be. <laughs> Can you, uh, one thing that, I mean, obviously, there are other types uh, which uh, of orange liqueurs, which we're going to try right now. Um, can you tell us the difference between, just for our listening audience, can you tell them the difference between Curacao and Triple Sec? Curacao, basically, is a, it's pretty the same process, but it's, uh, the oranges are from Curacao, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a very small island. Uh, and uh, they got limited amount of uh, of oranges you can you can buy. It's actually it's it's sweeter. It's I would say yeah, it's rounder. I would say it's a little richer, right? Yeah, exactly. So because of this orange, mm-hmm. um, which is a, we we were gonna use we use more like bitter oranges actually for mm-hmm. uh, for this um, for the Combier. Um, so we claim to be the first triple sec, and Jean Baptiste Combier claimed to be the one who created the name Triple Sec. Um, really? Yeah. So back to this time, back in the day, you, you have no uh, copyright. You have no... Uh, and yeah. I don't think it's even possible to, uh, to protect Triple Sec, which is a uh, basic uh, yeah. uh, two names in the, in the French language. So Triple Sec, Triple is the same word, actually, in English. And Sec means dry. Right. Uh, obviously, it's not a dry product. Um, that, always, that always weirded me out. Yeah. It's, See, it's a comparison with the Curacao. Triple dry? What? Yeah. <laughs> Makes no sense, right? <laughs> so the triple comes from the triple distillation mm-hmm. of the orange peels, uh, which is a process. And, um, and the dry is a comparison with the Curacao, which oh, is... Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha, so, gotcha. Yeah, uh, and I basically, like, Curacao came about by... by uh, out of necessity for having like all these oranges on the island and they they couldn't eat them because they were way too bitter and like they were they really heavily on the pith so they were like well what can we do with this well we'll just yeah, and I, I heard you get like a, you had you had DCs uh, back to this time, um, and and they used to plant these orange trees all the way uh, 
for the colonies as well. So, um, and I don't remember. The, I'm sorry, I don't remember the name of the disease. I'm, I'm a very bad historian. So, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I could I could find the, the the name of this disease, which was uh, treated by uh, with the um, the, the I mean, there was zest. There was a lot of I mean, like obviously like malaria was yeah absolutely this kind of one of the diseases that was treated with you know citrus you know exactly. citric acid and it's so like to me like I, I'm not a lot of people I don't tell a lot of people this but it's like I, I'm kind of like extremely fascinated with just like like citrus in general like I, it, it's amazing like over the course of time like how citrus like especially like with like lemons and oranges how they they migrated around the world you know and, and spread out in places where they weren't like native plants and then people started using them to make different distillates yeah. you know like especially like lemons i mean like i love the way that and, and, and i always like tell people when they order like a weinstefaner like which is the the oldest brewery in the world like it's 1040 it's from 1040 wow, and man. lemons didn't come out of like southern the southern part of india until like the 1200 so i'm like don't put a lemon in your freaking hefeweizen yeah, yeah. <laughs> you. it just doesn't make sense but um i mean it is tasty though yeah it's 2011 and we're too used to have anything we want whenever <laughs> we want it's true well um so moving on to uh the next the next one that you brought the uh the royal cambier which we were just talking about before the break um this one is actually the original cambier yep Mixed with a little bit of cognac. Yeah, around eighteen percent, I would say. Okay. Um, de la Main, which is like um, one of the finest uh, cognac yeah. in uh, in France. And um, and the good thing with de la Main, it's actually um, it's um, it's a small house. It's 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 family run still yeah. as Combier. So um, and since we have been using de la Main for uh, since we actually since while Combier showed up which is uh, 1910 as I said um, and it's great so it's a, it's a good partnership it's very warm you know very warm yeah I mean not like, like no no I got you not like proof wise but just like it's it's so I want to yeah, be. I want to be sitting in front cognac. of like a fireplace with yeah. it <laughs> oh definitely <laughs> good cigar yeah totally no so, yeah so um with the Royal Cambier, I mean, how have you seen that? Like, as far as like, you know, I, you know, we see Cambier behind a lot of bars, uh, like notable cocktail bars nowadays. How how has the Royal Cambier been like working out? So, because my buddy Thomas Wah at Death and Company swears by it. Yeah, I, I just saw he, he he just got some for his new menu. Yeah. I have to stop by and say thank you. Um, that's awesome. It's, well, I'm going there later. If you yeah, want. <laughs> you say thank you. It's, it's you awesome there. for us. Combiat Defenco for us. It's uh, it's huge. Um, yeah. So basically, the orange liqueur it's a house triple sec. It's 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 um, maybe the clearest and purest orange liqueur on the market right now, mm-hmm. and a very affordable price. So back to business, we have to, to we all have to like look at the liquor costs mm-hmm. in any bar in the world. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a big point. Um, so we, we make this uh, product affordable, and it can go in any. It, it can be a house triple sec, so any drink using triple sec can use a good a good triple sec as a good uh, tequila for a margarita or mm-hmm. uh, a good cognac for uh, another brandy for a sidecar. This kind of thing. So you will have like a real good drink for. A decent price. Wild Combier. You could basically add lemon juice to this and make it a sucker. Oh, yeah. Def- yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind absolutely. Of. <laughs> you know better than me, though. <laughs> but, uh, and the Wild Combier, 
is more like um, it's a creation product. It's uh, for you, yeah. partners, whoever wants to call them mixologists. Um, it's 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 a it's a creation. So you create around it. We don't come with like we don't come with like recipes. I use that. We don't we don't do that. like like a lot of brands do. Yeah. They have like a little like hang tag yeah. on the bottleneck or like a little book that comes with it. And, so and of it course you can do a margarita. So it's it's written on the back of the for the off premise. But we yeah. do I do on premise all day long. So I do bars every day all day long, right. ten times a day. I will never say oh you can use it as that. You can use it as that. You know better than me. Uh, that's true. You you just by tasting it you know better than me what you can do with it. So uh, it's still a sweetener, but it's as you said. Well, plus, it's plus everyone every bartender has you know their own style and they you know exactly exactly. So yeah, totally. I mean, like, why would you uh, why would you try to force them into making yeah. something? You know? <laughs> and I don't even know how to make a good cocktail, so I wouldn't. You know, she's not <laughs> I my, don't believe you at well. all. <laughs> um, so. Also, uh, here on the table, we have uh, some dried orange peels. I want to talk about that for a second, which is really a really cool thing here. Um, when when a lot of brand reps and brand ambassadors bring around different spirits, they they tend to forget, like, this is, like, what a lot of us want to see. And I wish our, our, uh, our I almost said our customers, like, I'm at my bar. <laughs> I wish our guests... Uh, listening out there could see these because they're really cool and like breaking them in, in half and smelling them you can kind of get like some of that bitter yeah, like aroma to you know absolutely and, uh, so yeah basically it's, so it's orange peels from Haiti um, so it's dry for like seven eight eight um Eight months. You have to imagine, you guys. Uh, it's it's a small orange, and uh, it's the orange peels, the the pith and the zest. Uh, you, we just basically um, remove the the orange uh, itself, the the fruit. Um, we dried it on the on the on the on the Asian sun, and we bring it. We ship it back to France. Um, back to France, we put it in a natural alcohol, so it, it becomes softer. Mm-hmm. And there is something no one does anymore. Um, for a triple sec, we remove the pith, the white part. Oh yeah. So at, as soon as it um, it's um, it's soft, we can put it in a machine. It's a hand process, so it's, it takes a lot. Of, it takes a lot of time, but it's uh, you 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 have to do it, and um, and we just keep the zest, which is a brighter part. As you just did, right. Damon, you you crack it open, mm-hmm. and you can smell even if it's dried. It's been dried. I've been it's, at yeah, that for like two amazing. years, maybe, and you right. still have this uh, right. It's still there. It's amazing. It's you know, your that, oil. that kind of like that kind of leads me to believe that like. This being, you know, obviously, like, orange peel has, like, a lot of residual, like, there's natural sugars in it, which makes it, obviously, able to be distilled. Absolutely. And you get this oil, you know? You know the, um, the flamed orange? Yeah. Uh, introduced yeah, by totally. uh, Del de Graff, I think? Yeah. Um, this is the oil, which is, like, very powerful and very bright. And yeah. J- that's why... But Columbia it's so... Is it, but it's... It, like, I, I just smelled it and I just tasted it. Right? <laughs> it, and it's, crazy. it's super dry. So that leads me to believe, like, maybe there was something to do with this where the ter- like the word sec found its way into Absolutely, it. Absolutely, yeah. That's just my theory. I think they did, <laughs> they did something like that. Uh, I have to, um, to do some more research. You know what, man? Nobody wrote anything down back in the day. No, yeah, exactly. That's, that's the <laughs> they, big they, point. There, there was very little uh, documentation. <laughs> so it's like everyone was too afraid of like people stealing their secrets. So no, <laughs> no one wrote anything down. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that, I'm going to write that down. That's my theory. Well, I, <laughs> I don't have to write it down. It's thank you, Damon. It's on the air forever. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. 
Um, so let's talk really. We have a, a few minutes left. You guys have been doing something. Uh, Company has been doing something recently with uh, with a lot of these bartenders we're talking about. Uh, it's called Shaker Faces. Yeah, absolutely. This is a fun. We just we we just want to have a a small fun. We I think the we I remember we we used to watch a video or and on YouTube or something with bartenders just like five seconds each it was like a cut video and only bartenders shaking and we said like wow yeah. that's great I mean no one got the same face no one got the same attitude no one yeah. it's just great and everyone so, has their different style yeah. of shake too so we decided to uh, to actually uh, create like a contest between bartenders with like the shaker faces because uh, so you've got the best shake yeah and the best a, shake the best face when they shake it's one on one too right What's absolutely? It's just two. It's each episode. It's two bartenders going at it. Yeah, it's basically four. It's it's a round of four bartenders, um, and every city got like around like two or three rounds, mm-hmm. and after you get semifinal, finals. Yeah. Sorry. And um, and it's pretty cool. You get so you, you get different style. You get the very serious people uh, showing you why they shake like that because their grandfather told them like uh, yeah. you have to shake <laughs> this way or your wrist gonna be broken or whatever. And you get like Josh Harris, for example, in uh, on the West Coast, which is doing something crazy, even crazier each several time he's coming. Last time he was like batching like. In a in a in a in a huge uh, in a huge uh, like a big Parisian yeah. shaker, <laughs> and he was like bash- like shaking it and using like uh, this fishing uh, you know uh, strainer. So, <laughs> now it's you you have to to go and check it there out. There was one guy that shook three cocktails in his hand yeah. and one in his pants. Joe Brook uh, from <laughs> LA, he was like figuring out how to shake four cocktails, so three in the in his hands and uh, and the and the last one in the in his uh, in his pants. Now it's 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 funny it's stuff. It's much better than my four cocktail shake. Yeah. I, I actually have one. You have to. You have to. By the way, you have to. Uh, I, I got to uh, jump in. Yeah. yeah, totally, man. I I I won't want to give out too much information before. Yeah. But uh, I have a very funny yeah. way of doing oh. four cocktails. You're the next on the list. <laughs> I actually, well, with his technique, I could actually do five. Man, we need that. <laughs> this is the kind of things we need. So it's 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 not something very seriously. It's it, to take seriously. I would say yeah. it's just no. We want to really see your face, guys. We we just want to see like every guy who is interested in like this this business. Yeah. Basically, we we have like brand ambassadors. We have like uh, um, biz- people uh, they never checked any cocktail, but they're in this industry. Like media people, whatever. Yeah. This is the fun part. It's just it's like a database. You can go and, and see the face of this yeah. person. So it's just no, nothing seriously actually. Cool. Nothing too serious. Yeah, absolutely, and it's it's meant to be fun. Yeah, oh, definitely. We no, don't want- please, yeah, get get a couple of drinks before doing it, and uh, yeah. <laughs> this is the point. We're not a bunch of, like, Bukowskis. What's that? We're not a bunch of Charles Bukowskis, like, hanging out at the bar, wallowing in our sorrow. It's supposed to be fun. Yeah, definitely. Know? No, exactly, right? We're in a fun industry. It's just, uh, yeah. we have to we have to enjoy that. So, yeah, it's what I was talking uh, about with uh, with my uh, with my associate Scott in uh, I said like we mm-hmm. have to get these people drunk before they get on the on the <laughs> on the tape it's something we have to or it's too serious we, we don't want that yeah so yeah shakerfaces.com cool man uh, we just have like about another minute left um, you were telling me right before we came on the air about a website another website called uh, Shakester. Shakester, yes. Yeah. So shake and stir, uh, dot com, um, in a, in one word. Um, it's basically a social network for bartenders, people from the industry, managers, bar head bartender, uh, any anyone like in the in the in the hospitality actually. Mm-hmm. So um, 
you can get together on this website you get news you get um you get hot you get um you get news about a bar in the in, in the country a bartender in particular you can find a job you can ask for a bartender because you're looking bartender for bartender exchange yeah. right. program kind of stuff absolutely we're actually working yeah. on like a <coughs> guest bartending program yeah, and totally. stuff uh, even if you need a bar back you, you you all have this problem like you need a bar back uh, because your guy is just gotta get into the traffic or whatever you need this bar back you go on the on the website so we're working on that right now it's shakester.com you can you can totally uh, go right now online and um and log uh, and lo just to log in cool create an account roman thank you so much no, for being on the show today I appreciate and uh it. next time uh next time you uh, need a uh, somebody to get on your uh, shaker faces done <laughs> I'll, I'll, i'm totally there you always i'm totally there <laughs> i want to thank Same you again uh, i want to thank my producer jack insley i want to say something serious just for a second if anyone out there knows of our buddy ray from dba and what happened this last weekend i just want to say please be careful out there and our thoughts and our prayers are with his family and we miss you all right we'll see you next week on the speakeasy it's with great sadness that we mourn the loss of ray dieter owner of the dba bars and co-host of beer sessions radio ray made this studio brighter every tuesday at 5 p.m with his larger than life personality charm wit charisma and expertise we hope the archives of ray on our station will serve as some kind of window into the life of a man who meant so much to those he knew and those he didn't know and on behalf of everybody here at heritage radio network we thank you ray um and they've been doing that for many many years and how do they get that that barrel of beer um did you ever hear of a place called beer mountain Where's i have that? not actually beer mountain is a place that i climb every once in a while to find barrels of beer um for my customers i go up there i wear big heavy boots i carry a sled with me because there's snow and ice and uh <laughs> and i go to the top of the mountain and i bring back barrels and bottles of beer for the people at my bars and that's that's where i got it from beer mountain you're awesome Ray. better for growing things there's just more rain and more more regular temperatures not as harsh a winter sure so it just became more economically viable to grow it there can i just make a statement i want to apologize to everybody that asked me why hops weren't grown in new york state because i've told everybody there was a hop light <laughs> <laughs> I just pulled that out of my ass. So why did you open a bar in New Orleans? Well, <laughs> everybody asks that question. The basic reason I opened a bar in New Orleans, um, down there, um, the, a, a bit, well, obviously, it's a drinking town. It's a lot of drinking town. It's also a culinary town. They have some of the best restaurants in the country down there. And uh, people told us we were crazy, bringing a good beer, good whiskey, good drinking concept down to New Orleans because all the people wanted was, you know, huge-ass buds. And that's all well and fine, and, and there's a lot of fun to be had on Bourbon Street, but there's a lot of shit going on down there away from Bourbon Street. And uh, we opened up DBA in 2000, and uh, we had a, a slow beginning because we had a, a pretty good list, and people were like kind of intimidated. But once the restaurant people, the, the, the chefs, the, the service people in the restaurant industry kind of got wind that we were down there and we had a great beer selection, we... We got filled up pretty fast. I mean, it worked out real well. And we opened our second place called Mimi's down there. And another aspect about it is down there, you know, a bar owner is 
a respected member of the community. We, we pay our taxes, we, we employ people, and we're part of the whole trade industry down there, the whole um, tourist industry. In New York City, we're not treated quite the same, and you know that as well as I speak. We're kind of treated as a... We're not a respected member of the business community as bar owners, necessarily. So you like New Orleans. I love Welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio. Ray Dieter, a.k.a. Bootsy Collins, was just on the air. Ray, what was it like in the old days? Did you have a band or something? Bootsy Collins, Ray Dieter, DBA. I, I, I play guitar a little bit, but uh, yeah, it was kind of boring. The beer business is a lot more fun, Jimmy. You're just too cool, man. I love you, man. <laughs> Ray, tell us a Tom Peters story. I know you've known him for years. You know, you know, I have known him for years, and all the stories that I have about Tom, I cannot tell you on the radio. How about a general beer theme story, like <laughs> okay, the I first you. time you met him? How about that? Okay. The first time I met Tom, he was running a bar in Philadelphia called... Um, Copa 2. Copa 2. Copa 2, right. And uh, he was... I, I went down there. DBA was... A brand new bar We went down there And uh, he was One of the most generous Wonderful guys He's like oh, DBA I love you guys Like How did he hear about us I have no idea But he knew who we were And he treated us like kings And uh, Free food Free drinks so generous And then I found out That he didn't own the place <laughs> So it's like Oh that makes a lot of sense now um, If anyone's offering A course like that It's a scam it's, it's, it's <laughs> Absolutely I took a course At NYU About opening a bar And it was just a fallacy It was just ridiculous They, they have no idea um, they have, it's, it's all about math too and, and the math they talk about Is really fun But it's really not Pertinent to what you do on a day to day living. Um, yeah, we need beer. Can somebody right. open some beer? Right, up? I'm all over this. Give me a minute. Give me a My bottle. My glass is empty. <laughs> this is the first show we haven't been drinking beer nonstop. Right. Hey, Ray, how are you? How was your weekend? Uh, you know, my New Year's was fine. Uh, I made a few bad choices, but you're supposed to. Um, that's just what it is. New Year's is about making bad decisions. Um, and I did that. But it, all in all, okay. I, I lived through it. Like I say, we're the only brewery in the world. We have wooden oak casks. So yeah, we employ yeah, yeah, yeah. When are we going to get some keys? Well, well, I mean, that's, I mean, that, that's. That's the reason. I mean, these these casks, we sell them. We sell them in England. You can't ship these things across the Atlantic Ocean. How about if I we mean, provide the casks? <laughs> even if we provide, we we do provide. The when casks. I say we, I mean by America. Well, I can, um, and by America, I mean Union. <laughs> union <laughs> Car- beer. Cask cask beer done the traditional way, as we do it, has a shelf life of probably about a week after it. Um, after it's brewed Yeah but we after have some casks coming over here I know the Shelton Brothers brings some casks And I know that the United Nether Importer Brings yeah, some that, casks I mean that's fantastic They're, all, they're well, fine I'm really glad that you appreciate You know that's that's great for you that No you pressure cask beer. <laughs> But I mean that's I mean to be, to be brutally honest The way that we do things at Sam Smith Is that we are very very traditional and, mm-hmm. and that's that's what our what, what we believe our success is based on is sticking to our sticking to what well, we I mean, do but best ipa was made to be sent to india and that's before airplanes and big steamships i mean if you really want to be traditional you can like you know we can get a donkey cart to come around south of africa or whatever <laughs> on a tramp steamer and bring it over but i think i think it's time for samuel yeah. adam samuel well, sorry samuel smiths <laughs> to be Available in cask occasionally for special events in in New York. Not, yeah, a lot man. of the, a lot of the beers in England. I mean, uh, most of the breweries, the old old school English ale breweries, would make a barley wine, but it wasn't. They weren't proud of them. 
It was something that they kept under the shelf, and it was something that like the old guy with a yeah. really greasy red woolly cap in the corner yeah. would get a little glass, and it was like he would get a little bottle of it. It was about six ounces, and he poured into his ale. Yeah, because no nobody would sit there and pound right barley wine like we do here in America. Right. Yeah, and that barley wine that he was pouring into it was his fortification. Ale, yeah, right. His ale yeah. was about three and a half percent. It was a yeah. session beer, and the barley wine back in the day was probably about six percent, six and a half percent. Right, right. And and he didn't want to be seen drinking that because. Only old drunks drank barley wine, but that's a whole old a profile. Little nip, yeah, yeah. And now, so he would do. He would he would dip that little glass into into his into his ale, and he would drink that. He'd sip that and quietly have a nice day. <laughs> Can't wait to be old. <laughs> <laughs>